Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Today's episode is also brought to you by Motor City X. In the hustle and bustle of the world that we live in, a majority of people feel stuck. A pawn in the corporate world, and we aim to break the norm. So grab a hatchet, book a trip, and hit the trails. Reconnect with yourself and with nature. Create a story worth telling. The vision for Motor City Axe was born out of their love for lasting craftsmanship, a desire to work with their hands, and a passion for the outdoors. And each axe and hatchet is made right here in the USA and hand-painted in Detroit, Michigan. You can go to MotorCityAxe.com, use code word WARRIOR for 10% off your custom Weekly Warrior podcast axe or hatchet and the tools that they sell have and will withstand the test of time they tell a story and the city that they are crafted in has countless times been ruled out but both have risen from the ashes you can follow their journey on social media at instagram at motor city axe what will your story tell My man, Jared, what is going on? What's good, bro? Dude, uh, life is good. I just uh, remember we talked a little while ago about me looking for a new job. Oh, yeah. I got one at the Mitchell State Park. Uh, Look at you, bit, girl. A little bit north of me. Yeah, the career change is starting. Oh, <laughs> yeah, bro. How is yeah. that? Do you, you like it? So I haven't started yet. The coronavirus put everything off. Uh, I had an interview set up like April 10th, and it, the interview just happened like last Friday. So um, it, was, it was a real mess. But looking past all that, I got the job, and I start like on the 15th. So Damn, pretty, boy. Pretty up, psyched bro? up. Yeah, pretty psyched up about that. So super excited to have you back on the Weekly Warrior for the third time. Oh shit! So, no, dude, I appreciate it. Yeah, we got the man, the myth, the legend, Jared Hamilton, uh, on the episode today, and we are going to talk about some things that we don't normally talk too much about on the Weekly Warrior, but it was interesting. We had a lot of people asking us some questions, and I really thought there was no one better that I would want to talk to about <laughs> diets and mindset around diets and all that fun stuff. Then with Jared Hamilton, who has some very strong opinions about very strong opinions, whatever diets you want to like, whatever you want to <laughs> talk about. So, yeah, we're going to be kind of diving in a little bit into some of these various like super popular the buzzword diets that people talk about and, you know, what might be good about it, what might be not so good about it. Does it even work? And talking about like the mindset around diets and sure. like getting to kind of tied up into well i am a per i'm i'm a paleo person um, i love how your voice changed as soon as you <laughs> <laughs> it does it just does it on its own i don't have any control over it That's um awesome. so yeah general overview 
like in general, how do you feel about the word diet? So if you want, I mean, here's the thing, like words are important, right? But the thing is a lot of people will just put like, like I'll hear, I'll, I've heard some interesting things behind this ones. People are like, uh, I don't, I don't like to use the word diet. It says the word die in it. So like, <laughs> it must be bad. It's like, no diet just means food going in mouth. That's like diet is just like, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, like restriction. It doesn't mean this, that, or the other thing. Like I know people who are dieting that are eating 7,000 calories a day in their dieting. It's just their, their, the choices of the food that one is choosing to put in their mouth. There's, there's the, your diet term. So I think people take that a little bit too far when they like, Oh, it's says diet. It's just, you know, whatever. So two things. The first one I want to point out is your voice changed too. It just happens. That's my, that's my Karen voice. I was going to say, isn't that, uh, what's her name? Uh, diet Karen or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, well exactly. he actually, I just pulled it up. So the actual definition of the word diet is the kinds of food that a person, animal or community habitually eats or number right. two, a special course of food to which one, uh, okay. It says restricts oneself either to lose weight, um, or for medical reasons, but like, there you go. Like that's literally it. It's yeah. Brutal. So the actual definition of diets is a lot different than what we kind of think it is in from the beginning so when someone says i'm on a diet in our society in our culture that means like you know in your experience because you i mean you talk to thousands of people a week about different Mm -hmm. diets so when someone says like i'm i'm doing a diet what generally does that look like when when you talk to them about it uh it usually means they're they're suffering uh with people that, that talk to me but um but no that's the thing is everyone's it's like that it's like what what someone calls healthy or what someone calls discipline or what we it's everyone to each person is it's different so if someone one person being on a diet might mean zero sugar so another person that might mean tracking calories to another it might be uh getting uh doing the keto diet for others it may be uh switching to all organic for others it might be just eating less like an asshole to mm-hmm. others it might mean uh starving themselves for 24 hours like it, it's all individuals like you know what what each person means yeah, for sure. So I would love to dive into a couple of the more popular diets and kind of get your attitude, some insight on them and even talk about like, you know, positives, negatives, because in some ways, I mean, everything has some good and right. some bad. Um, so we're going to start off with probably your favorite one. And I know this is your favorite one. <laughs> we're going to talk about the ketogenic diet. Um, yep. So yeah, just take us take us kind of where you want to go talking about keto. So here, here's the thing: are we are we talking about for fat loss purposes, or you know, because or are we talking about for like what kind of context are we talking about? So I think it can go a lot of different ways. I want to end up talking about how your diet, so the food you put in your mouth, like we sort of laid out, is a lifestyle choice. Yep, and not so much like I'm going to do keto for. 60 days or whatever. Um, so I'd like to start talking out, talking more about what keto is, uh, like at a, as a foundational thing. And then we can kind of move into, you know, is it a lifestyle choice? Is it something that is sustainable stuff like that? Right. Well, so as a whole, like, cause it's super trendy right now, the ketogenic diet, um, a lot of people will do, most people do for fat loss purposes, 
to burn specifically body fat. So they're um, trying to get into the magical land of ketosis. You can hear my bias in my voice on that one. <laughs> uh, and that way they're losing fat because it's under the, uh, for most people, it's under the, um, the, the belief system that carbs or in consuming carbohydrates or a very carbohydrate rich diet stops fat loss. So like, right. for example, I don't know a single person who eats keto because they just don't like carbs. Everyone <laughs> I know that eats keto is because they think their them consuming carbs stops them from burning fat, which is not true because a lot of people take, uh, you know, rolls of insulin or what they think, how insulin works in the body out of context. Um, and it's, it's interesting because th that, that's the thing is when, when the ketogenic diet actually became a thing where like people are, you know, we're, we're going to start before the weight loss industry got a hold of it. Um, mm -hmm. it was actually for medical purposes, like super small percentage of the people who have, I want to say it was epilepsy. It like some, some research showed like it made people pass out less with light flickering or whatever, or, or some very like small percentage of the population had, right. ha had, uh, these 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 issues or or uh, diseases or whatever and so there was some conclusive evidence showing like hey the ketogenic diet helps with that but then the weight loss community got a hold of it and fucked it all up for everybody because that's what the weight loss community does yes um, now the the issue is and this is for every diet because i know we're going to talk about a few is mm. the issue is most people like tie their like life's meaning to whatever diet preference they they mm -hmm. they go with so a lot of times in for for like for example i've made posts about you know, being, kind of, you could call me anti-ketogenic diet because most people can't sustain it. Because at the end of the day, if you want to follow a successful weight loss diet, and if you want your results to last for more than four months, you got to continue doing what got you those results for more than four months. Right. And for most people, you know, this is why everything, the way that I coach and teach is if you cannot do whatever habits you're putting into place for the next 10 years, and I mean, that was zero exaggeration, it's worthless. Because mm -hmm. again, if, you know, <laughs> Corey, if you go to work and get paid and then quit going to work, are you going to get paid more? No. Ex so exactly. So people, I, I hear people complain all the time. They're like, Jared, I cut out all the carbs in my diet. And then, uh, I lost a bunch of weight, but then as soon as I started eating carbs back, I gained all my weight back. It's like, well, no shit. You, you quit doing what got you there. Yeah. And that's the issue is in the, in the world of psychology and behavior patterns and changing behavior, you can't do something unsustainable, then snap your fingers once you get what you wanted and then be sustainable. That's not how right. it works. And the issue is, though, a lot of people are um, choose to do these trendy diets that have their own name, because, whether it be keto, paleo, fasting, Weight Watchers, whatever, because um, their best friend did it and saw success. But like, right. but but what there's a thing I like to say is the results your best friend got or the diet your best friends on, on is none of your damn business. It's like, do you count your neighbor's money too? Like, probably not because mm -hmm. it's none of your business, right? Like, like for example, um, this is another analogy I, I like to use. If all of my, my neighbors have motorcycles, let's just say every neighbor on my street has a motorcycle. And let's say I have five kids and one vehicle, but I feel pressure to get a motorcycle because all my friends have it. But they're all single college guys or college girls that – have a motorcycle but then i go huh well maybe i should get a motorcycle because they all have a motorcycle but i'm like a, a dad a single dad of five kids and it makes no sense for it you makes, to have but, a motorcycle but, but i feel pressure to do it because all my neighbors have a motorcycle but if you look at my life and let's say i don't give a shit about motorcycles let's say i'm a i'm a big truck guy or a big minivan guy sure and my lifestyle isn't very conducive for a motorcycle. And my desire has nothing to do with motorcycles. But if I just felt pressure to go buy a Harley because all my neighbors have one, 
That doesn't make sense, but we do that with dieting, right? People's favorite foods have carbs in them. People's, uh, most people's social lives, who, most people, number one, have a social life or enjoy mm-hmm. being a human. So they go out to eat, enjoy nephew's birthday cake, goes and celebrates, you know, an anniversary with wine. All these things involve carbohydrates. Right. And to say, oh, I'm never going to have carbs again for the vast majority of people is just not sustainable. And if what you're doing with the goals that you have is not built on the foundation of happiness and sustainability, your house is going to come, come, come crumbling down. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't start. I can't agree with you anymore on sustainability because there have been times in my past where, um, I would want to lose weight. I was really motivated to lose weight. So I would do this. Like I can remember specifically, there was one diet plan that I kept trying and it was like a, uh, bodybuilders cutting weight. So it was like, it was like five meals, very planned out every single day. And it was the same stuff week to week. So like I would do that for like two weeks and then just, just drop it. You know what I mean? Just completely drop it and be like, well, I can't do that. It's Mm. too, or whatever. So yeah, sustainability, if you can't stick with it, like you said, for years, then you shouldn't probably be doing it. I will say to play devil's advocate a little bit, depending on what type of situation you're in, do you feel like, do you feel like in some cases, you do need to turn the dial up on certain, like if, if you're trying to cut weight for a specific reason, um, is it okay to like turn the dial up on certain things and be a little bit more restrictive in some ways, or do you not advocate for that ever? So, um, it's all contextual and, that, and that's right. the thing. People ask me these kind of questions, which I love. Um, and then I always say, well, it depends. And everyone's like, Jared, you sound like a politician, <laughs> but, but that's the thing is everything is context, right? Everything. Yeah. And that, 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 and to me, that's how every answer should be well it depends or well contextually speaking just because there other than a few like laws of the universe like gravity there's very few end-all be-alls no matter what you know what Mm -hmm. i mean um because i i know uh so like i know like one person who's done the ketogenic diet for three years wow and i know one person and so that for that one person they they actually might never go back um because of this person that i know but like I also talked to, like you said, thousands of people. So one out of thousands, right? It's, it's one of those things because it's, it's, it still has to be successful forever. And now here's the issue, though, with, with doing things at a more rapid rate. First and foremost, uh, I'm not a believer that you're going to burn fat faster. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the issue is most people do trendy, not very, uh, what I would call not a very smart thing, because they are trying to go against a time clock for like vacation mm-hmm. or a honeymoon or something but the yep. issue is uh, you can't separate time from this game. It's like, like my favorite example is pregnancy. Like if a doctor came out and said, hey, I got a treatment that can get you to give birth in three months. Nobody <laughs> would do it. It's because yeah. everyone knows nine months goes with pregnancy and you cannot separate it. Like you right. just physically can't. And it's the same kind of thing. It's, I made a post the other day about this. It's like, um, like, let me ask you this. At your job that you just got, for you to go up, let's say five positions in the company. How long do you think you're going to have to show up for? How long do you think you're going to have to be there for? I mean, just starting out, looking at it from an outsider's perspective, I would say at least, at least like three to five years, three to five years. Uh, And you're, and you're totally okay with to climb the ladder, to, to get up to a higher paying position with more authority. You're going to have to buckle down for at least the next three to five years Um, for, for giving birth. 
we know that other than a couple rarities, nine months is pretty well it, right? Um, yeah. Or if, if a farmer goes and plants, I'm in Indiana, so if there's corn everywhere. So if somebody plants <laughs> a bunch of corn, they know there's a specific time period that it's going to take from seed in the ground to harvested crops. Right. But when it comes to fat loss, 30 pounds in 30 days, take my money now. That's the issue is yeah. everyone's willing to do all these crazy things to mitigate time. But the thing is, that doesn't work. You can't take time out of the equation, even if it makes sense on paper. For example, um, another uh, another analogy I like is if, you know, I have a, the magic birthday cake recipe and it says bake at 400 degrees for 40 minutes. I just can't ramp the heat to 800 degrees and cut the time in half <laughs> like that doesn't work. It's also yeah. the same reason I, I just made this post today and I got a lot of hell for it. Um, if you were to starve yourself right now for the next seven days, I'm not suggesting this, but if you were to starve yourself right now for the next seven days, not eat a calorie and work out really hard for the next seven days, you would not look any different than you do right now. If you took a picture right now, starve yourself for the next seven days, you would, other than maybe a little less bloated, you're not going to look very different at all. Right. Yeah. Or probably even way that much different. But one would argue that's a massive calorie deficit. It's a mm -hmm. huge calorie deficit, right? Yep. Or let's throw the inverse. How many times we've all gone on vacation for like one to two weeks and come back feeling fat, but we look the exact same. Right. Because nothing happens in the short term. Mm -hmm. Literally, if you think about starving yourself for the next seven days or eating like an asshole for the next seven days, you're going to look the exact same in seven days. It's, it's these kind of things where like we can't just inherently speed up fat loss. It comes down to, yeah, calories in versus calories out. But then there's time that goes into that. Like the, the actual biological process for your body to burn body fat and get rid of it takes time. It's not, it's not fun for your body to do. It's high. It takes a lot of work and it's a, a slow process. Yeah. And there's plateaus that come within yeah. that. Like we, we all know that like you're going to have points where you're going to have to change some things up because maybe what you were doing wasn't mm -hmm. working. Like I'm in that phase right now where what I was doing for like, eight months where it was working great. But then all of a sudden I plateaued for like mm -hmm. four to five months and I didn't lose any weight. And now all of a sudden I'm trying some different stuff, which go, it, we're going to talk about. It's I'll, I guess I'm sort of on a diet. I don't want to say it's on a diet. We'll talk about it in, in a minute, but <laughs> like I'm trying something different and I've been doing it for a couple of weeks and I really enjoy it and it's been working. So like you have to be able to be right. flexible. Well, but, but with, think of what like, you just said though, you said you were consistent for eight months dude most people if we're being brutally honest here aren't consistent for eight days for that's sure. the difference like a lot of people will say oh i uh in, if anyone anyone listening to this when you hear your friends argue and complain about how they're not losing weight ask them this one question and, and when someone says oh well jared i haven't lost any weight and i i, I eat a thousand calories a day and i can't lose weight yeah. And I'll go, how many months has it been or how many weeks has it been, including your weekends? And they go, uh, well, Jared, you, you know, my son's birthday was the <laughs> and then they start validating. And here's the thing, I'm not one. I'm not here to say you shouldn't do that stuff. I'm just I'm saying is most people are full of shit. Most people think they're consistent and they're not. Most people say, oh, I'm consistent. But then every weekend they have a, a weekly holiday where they just right. almost eat their foot off like. Yeah, like, like I, I had a girl actually uh, somewhat recently messaged me on Instagram and she was completely honest. And she's like, Jared, I eat 1200 calories a day and I cannot lose weight at all. And I've been doing this for months. And 
first of all, not very many people need to eat that little to lose weight, but that's another topic. But I asked her, I said, you've been eating 1200 calories for, for months. And she's like, yeah, like six months or what a, a, a decent amount of time. And I said, what do your weekends look like? And she goes, oh, those are my cheat days. And I go, <laughs> okay, rough estimate. How many calories do you think your cheat days are? And she's like, oh, at least 10,000. Jesus. So she hasn't dieted for six months. She's dieted for five days, based right. for two days, and repeated that cycle for six months. That's right. the issue. Yeah, absolutely. I. It's funny that you're, you're going off about that. And I hear Connor, <laughs> who's also a health coach, she hears the same thing from people where it's oh, yeah. like, oh, my God, I'm in a huge plateau right now. And she'll ask, like, oh, how long have you been plateaued for? And they're Three like, days. it's been like two days. <laughs> the, the, hard, get, the harsh reality is most people, and it's what I try to really put out in my content and coaching is, is, uh, is the proper expectations. Because what's interesting is most people would be cool with having the, the actual what the expectation should be. But if they're expecting something different, I would be pissed too. What's really interesting about expectations though, dude, is um, it changes the game. Like as morbid as it sounds, like we can even handle death of a loved one better mm -hmm. if we can expect it. Yeah, right? if you can see it coming. Yeah, it's, a, it's a thousand times, it. but it, it sucks. But it's, we, we can handle suffering better right? knowing it's coming. So it's not that someone would have a problem knowing that it's going to take them eight months to look the way they want to look. But if they were promised eight weeks, and it's going to be eight months, I'd be pissed off too. But that's, yep. but that's the thing is most people have, because the, the industry can't, has a corrupt side, everyone thinks progress is linear. You're going to lose weight every week. It's easy as taking a pill. And, you know, because everyone on Instagram just tells the good side of the story and lies, right. that yep. that's what everyone's reality is, but it's not. And you see the before and after pictures, which are always pretty misleading, especially when there's no in between. Right. You know what I mean? So Going back to keto, we're looking at Sorry. like, so no, you know, I love, I love that. That was great. And everyone needs to hear that because patience is the biggest thing with pretty much any, especially in with the weight loss game. Yeah. Like, and you know, this weight patience is, is huge. And it's hard to be patient when you're like, my God, I've been, <laughs> it's been like X and X amount of time and nothing has mm -hmm. happened, but mm -hmm. yeah. And it's frustrating. But anyway, so keto, we, we, we talked a lot about like the kind of the downsides of it people's expectations in your mind, are there any positives to some sort of diet plan that is like a keto? I mean, there's a, if you want to call it a benefit, um, your what's called insulin sensitivity is more than likely going to get improved. Um, but, but then again, like in my opinion, if you can only do that for three months because you can't take it anymore then binge and then like make up for lost time, it's not yeah. worth it. Like that's the thing is, it, it, that's my biggest thing. It's like the whole majors and minors argument. It's like, that's, I feel like that's like stepping over dollars to pick up pennies. Like, okay, sure. yeah, you got really good insulin sensitivity, but then because you couldn't take it anymore, you binged on sugar for the next seven months because of the massive levels of deprivation. Like, so you might've gotten, you might've gotten like some benefit from it. Right. But ultimately now you have a messed up, like you're reinforcing your messed up relationship with food. And it makes more. it worse. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. It's, 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 it's like trying to capitalize in the short term for, uh, but, but messing up the long term. It'd be like, I hate to give this analogy. It may be out of context, but um, it'd be like, imagine a business that like kind of like scams their customers and makes a bunch of money in the short term, but you yep. know, in the long term, it's not going to make it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So next diet, and I don't know if you're super familiar with this or not. It's one that I've looked into only because I've seen it floating, especially on like Instagram and whatever, the carnivore diet. 
Mm. Oh yeah. Um, Super familiar with it. Yeah. So positives, negatives, do you think it works? Um, so I, I have not ever like buckled down and did the carnivore diet because I'm not going to put myself through that level of restriction. I have friends who did it. I had a good friend of mine, a lot of people in the weight loss world, uh, follow. He's a, he's a good buddy of mine. Jordan Syatt did a, a big thing on it where he like buckled down and did it for like a full two weeks. I know two weeks is not long to tell a whole lot, but just to document his experience on it for two weeks. And it was like, and it was hell. It, Cause yeah. that's the thing is with the carnivore diet. Um, it's like all you can eat is meat. Like you're not yeah. allowed to have fruit. You're not, I don't even think, uh, it's been a minute. I, I don't even think you're allowed to have vegetables on it. Um, it's literally just like meat and like dairy, I believe, if, or meat and eggs. And it's like, that's it. So you're not getting carbs. You're not getting plants. You're not getting fiber. You're not getting, uh, yeah. It, it, but again, that's the thing is with any of these massive extreme diets where you have massive levels of restriction, you're going to have massive levels of rebounding, you know? Right. Yeah that's 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 just the issue it's like it's saying yep i'm i'm only going to eat red meat for the rest of my life like mm-hmm. and i'm going to eat steak and salmon and eggs forever for, forever <laughs> and ever amen like again just like the keto thing it's like there's just to be honest dude there's just no reason for that level of rigidness like imagine this that would be similar on like another analogy saying all right dude t- think of your home right now all right just for shits and giggles because we're tough Let's get rid of all the paint, cover up all your windows, get rid of all, and get rid of your TV, no couch, and you're going to sit on a on a pillow on the floor because like there's no reason to do that. Like like yeah. there there's literally not a reason like if you it, it doesn't make sense, right? But when it comes to dieting, it's like, well, if I can make it harder, I'm going to make it harder. Like nowhere else in our life do we do that. If, right. if your boss says, "I want to give you a raise and you not do anything else." We would take the raise. If you know, you can make your life cushier and better and more fun without anxiety, stress, like we're going to do it. But when it comes to dieting, people act like they get extra points for suffering and depriving. It doesn't make sense. And it's like a point of pride where you can say like, man, I have, uh, I've eaten an entirely meat diet for the last, uh, you know, month. And I, I'm so disciplined. It's like a, it's a huge point of pride, which is totally missing the point, in and, my and, opinion. Right. And, and first of all, no one gives a shit. And number two, that sounds like a massive ego problem. That's that's like that guy at the bar that will not quit talking about how rich he is. Yeah, right. It's like, yeah. no one cares, bro. Your personality yeah. sucks. Like, no right. one cares. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I completely agree with you. So next one. Um, I have a couple friends that have done this one and have had some success. Granted, it was temporary and they... Uh, have pretty much gained the weight back, but Weight Watchers. So opinions on Weight Watchers. A couple. So here's the thing. What's interesting is uh, Weight Watchers is out of all the diets because there's more than you we could have time for. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like I, I do. There's one time I just wrote down a list of every diet that I could find on the internet, and it was I was into like I swear like like I stopped at like fifty. I'm like this is yeah just stupid. But anyway, well, um, no wait. So with Weight Watchers is actually the closest to just basic calories in versus calories out it's the it's the closest now here's the issue though my excuse me so the here the, the well let's talk about the positives positives with weight watchers it doesn't demonize foods if you want the muffin you're able to have the muffin as long as the points are ca- accounted for with your daily point allotment okay um like for example let's say let's say Corey, let's say you're according to weight watchers algorithm you can have 30 points a day and if you're like, I want a muffin, so you have your 12, or let's say you, then you have your 15 ca- uh, point muffin, but now you have 15 points left. Yeah. So the the the, the two nice things about about Weight Watchers is they don't demonize foods. They um, 
they have a tracking system of some sort and really make you monitor portion sizes. Um, and then they reinforce things like protein and veggies where like they're what's called free, free, where you don't have, they don't have points. Now, the couple negatives with Weight Watchers is number one, it's still a trendy diet with its own name. That's forcing mm -hmm. you to abide by their system. Number two, um, I hate the idea of free food because the thing is, granted, I don't know too many people that are going to get fat off of apples and cucumbers. But the issue is if someone has a terrible relationship with food where they go from a deprived state and they binge, they're just changing what the target is that they're binging on. So a lot of people will still deprive, 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 but then binge on their free food and they never right. fix the binge eating problem. They're like, they're right. like, oh no, for, I can eat pro. I can eat these plants and these proteins as much as I want. And I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, if you have about 100 grams of protein and chicken, that's around, uh, what is that? That's around like at least five or 600 calories. I want to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so from a, from a, a result standpoint, if you're eating five or 600 calories extra a day, that's unaccounted for, that's not free. Then it, right. then it goes back to like, oh, I'm doing everything right, but I can't lose weight. So that's one issue. But here's the other. A lot of people who try to practice flexibility following a Weight Watchers diet end up severely under eating. Did you notice the numbers I gave you on your point allotment and the, um, the amount of points in that muffin? Uh, how, so how many points would be in the muffin? So, so here's what's interesting. Well, well, let me take a step back. Uh, yeah. So let's say, Corey, let's say your calorie number to, to, to lose weight. Let's say is I'm just throwing it out there. Let's say it's let's say it's uh, let's say it's twenty five hundred calories to lose weight. OK. Yep. definitely enough to make a Snickers bar or a muffin or whatever you want every day to work to satisfy some cravings. Let's say you go to Starbucks and you want a 400 calorie muffin. Well, yep. your daily calories is 2,500 and you want the 400 calorie muffin. That's totally doable. Is it not? It is. Yeah. But if you were following a Weight Watchers system, you would be on thir let's say 30 points and that muffin is 15. Gotcha. You see how now yep. that one muffin where in a calorie world where what it all really boils down to calories in calories out totally doable. You don't feel deprived. You enjoy the muffin. You still have plenty of uh, calories left for whatever else you want or your or more, you know, a perfectly healthy diet and all that stuff. But in the world of Weight Watchers, half of your points are gone. So you more than likely don't eat the muffin now, which leads to more um, cravings, which leads to more binging, which leads to more deprivation. And then, or if you do have the muffin, now you have literally not very much calories left at the end of the day, which leads to people severely under eating, which then leads to not sustainable and then binging and then starting the cycle all over again. Yeah, for sure. I, I found the Weight Watchers premise really interesting, but for me, I, I like, I don't understand. I guess I do understand it, but it doesn't make sense to me why someone would say, I'm going to do Weight Watchers instead of just like weighing and counting my calorie intake. Right. Um, because you get a lot more flexibility. It's just smaller. From... Like for, for a lot of people, I think it's the smaller numbers. I think it's like, mm. oh, I have to count to 30 and not 2,500. Not, and I gotcha. don't mean that to sound disrespectful, but I think that's a big reason. Like, I think getting into the calorie world, people get overwhelmed. But in, in that kind of thing, like go to macros, right? Like count, right. you know, now we're talking in the hundreds. But, but even still, I think it's, I think there's a lot of merit to upfront learning about food, learning about portions, understanding calories and macros, and from an educational level, understanding it, then you can apply it and be successful the rest of your life versus not wanting to learn it and just following trendy rules. It's like when you learn to drive, you know, when you and I both, both learned to drive, we knew how that car worked. We knew what every pedal does, why we do what we do, and all the intricacies of the car 
so we can drive effectively. We don't just, we weren't just like, Oh, just, just tell me where the gas is. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yep. For sure. Yeah. I love that. I think that's, I think that's great insight into Weight Watchers because a lot of people, I mean, Weight Watchers is a huge name in the diet industry. So, um, all right. The next one that I want to chat about, this is sort of, I got a really, I was searching about this one and I already was pretty familiar with paleo. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like a, it's like a subcategory of paleo. So it's way more, uh, specific. It's called the Nordic diet, but it's basically paleo. Um, I will start, we'll go with paleo cause that's definitely the more, uh, well-known and, you know, big diet name. So paleo, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's, um, now you, now do you still do CrossFit? Yes. Um, so well, the gym's been closed for the last two and a half months, but prior to that, yes. <laughs> got it. Well, and so that's the thing is, uh, paleo really, if to my understanding came out from the CrossFit, uh, the CrossFit yes. community. Yeah. Now, again, um, it's one of those things where it, it's the same issues with that. I find with most diets is, Number one, the reason like why you'd be doing it and the level of um, of ext- ext- extremism or elimination or deprivation from the from the foods. The thing, if I'm not mistaken, with the way paleo works is it's basically you have your paleo friendly foods and your non uh, paleo foods. But it's like the quote unquote, like the caveman diet. Like if yeah, if, if yep. the caveman didn't have access to it, you don't either. And Pretty much, and where it's like, you know, which which is interesting. Um, so like things like that are non paleo, like it, because there's a lot of perfectly healthy foods that are not allowed on the paleo diet, like things like beans, legumes, peas, yep. peanuts, uh, you know, corn, corn, dairy is uh, tra- you know, all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, low fat or di- uh, there's a thing I'm looking at it right now in front of me. Low fat and diet products, salt, like salt is not allowed on the paleo diet, like like added salts. I'm guessing. It's, yeah, it's 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 just I don't know. It's a level again. It's like anything else, just a level of uh, extremism that again could we as normal non cavemen people who have kids who play baseball and go and enjoy ice cream after a game and to celebrate your wife's birthday, right? Like, could you realistically follow a paleo diet for the next three years? And the answer is probably not. Just and, and if someone can and that makes them happy and it's sustainable, more power to you. Yeah. But the issue is if we're normal people. Like, that's the thing is people forget a lot of the stuff from these, um, all these trendy diets. It's like, we're, it's almost talked about as if we're like rats in a lab where our sole role in life and nothing else matters is weight loss. For sure. But there's all these other areas. We have stressful jobs. We don't sleep as much. Uh, Most people have kids who like to get ice cream after their baseball games. Most people like to go out and celebrate with their significant other uh, for birthdays and, and special events. We go to Christmases and holidays and like we we have this side of our life in, in, the, in the same way we have work-life balance, right? Like you go, you have like your, your life outside of work and your life during work and you balance those there's mm-hmm. fitness, nutrition, life balance, where it's like, you can have both. You can have a life full of full or full or full of, um, full of meaning, full of memories, full of enjoyment, but you can also right. achieve your fitness goals and not be, you know, an obese person that dies 20 years early because absolutely it, it but most people act like in the world of this stuff that that's not a thing because it's extremism bounced all over the place yeah for sure i when i like you were saying when i first was uh starting crossfit which was like 2013 summer we did rugby training uh at a crossfit like like special rugby training at a crossfit gym and our the crossfit coach we did like a paleo was very simple like simplified for us because we didn't know anything we're all like 21 we had no clue 
He's like, just eat meat and vegetables and like sweet potatoes after a workout. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I don't love the philosophy of paleo as strict as it is. But I will say like paleo as a basis for like what you should be eating, which is what protein and plants. You know what I mean? Like that's it it gets you it, it gets you a foundational level of like what less processed, more nutritious whole real foods are. We're like, yes, but, but, but that's the issue is then balancing it with real life. Like, that's the thing is a lot of people will hear this talk or hear my content and they almost get triggered. They're like, Oh, Jared. So you're saying just eat pop tarts and gummy bears every day for the sake of calories. I'm like, (laughs) no, 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 no. But it's balance. If you, if, you know, if you have a kid that's, that's favorite food is ice cream as his dad, you better have ice cream with him after his T-ball game. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's that, but that doesn't mean like to go to that extreme and all you eat is ice cream. It's, it's a balance because again, it goes back to what we can sustain for the rest of our lives. Because what's interesting though, dude, is you ever, you ever realize we do this with money, this balance game with money. We we spend the majority of our, we keep our, our numbers in check. First and foremost, all the bank cares about is over, not overdrafting. So we do our best not to overdraft right from a numbers perspective. But then if we dig deeper to actually like what makes up our income and our expenses, we, we, as adults, we all spend the majority of our income on adult responsible per, per, purchases like our light bill our house our car payment paying off debt saving money but because like 80 to 90 percent of our stuff's in check there we all buy shit we don't need like i bought a new t-shirt the other day or oh i need a new iphone charger even though my old one was just like starting to fray but it worked just fine like right but because my big big ticket items are in check we all w- w- won't think twice about spending three four five twenty dollars on in a day $50 in a day on something that's not that big of a deal. Right. But when it comes to applying that philosophy with food, people are like, Oh no, I've got to like carbs are bad. Like, come on. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Budgeting your calories. I don't understand. Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So another kind of the last big name one that I wanted to touch on, um, which lately I've done a lot more research into and have been trying out um, is intermittent fasting. This is a huge one that a lot of people talk about and there's a lot of stigmas around it. And I will say from my experience, that's what I've been doing the last three weeks, um, which I didn't enter into this with the expectation of, well, I'm going to lose a shit ton of weight in a very short amount of time from doing this. I do through doing the research that I did. It was interesting to me how your body responds to not constantly having to digest food. Mm -hmm. Um, So like the things that you're able to do when it's not constantly digesting food, like bringing down inflammation, healing, you know, skin issues, it's, you know, et cetera, whatever. Um, And the more I talk to, I have some close friends and a couple family members that have experimented with it and they have, you know, they're like, man, I can't say enough about it. It's not, I haven't, some have lost, you know, 40, 50 pounds because they had that much to lose, mm-hmm. but others are just like, you know, it prevents me from constantly eating sure. and all that type of stuff. So I've been doing it. Just, I wanted to try it out and see what it, the buzz was all, was all about. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I will say is for me, having the control and the, the ability to have the discipline around like, all right, I'm going to eat from 10 to six every day. And like, that's my window. And mm-hmm. then after that, it is what it is. And before that, it is what it is. Um, and also being able to be flexible with what I'm eating sure. within that time is totally awesome. Like there's been days where I'll have like 
you know, 1200 calories and it's almost the end of my window. So I'm like, let's go get some ice cream. Here we go. I'm about to, I'm about to eat my calories. But, but here's the thing. I mean? you, you made that decision from a caloric decision, not from yeah. a fasting decision. Right. Yeah, for sure. Cause I know, I mean, like as long as I don't go overboard, it's not going to be the end of the world sure. if I do that. So it's been really like, I, that's the thing that I have found the most enjoyable about mm-hmm. it so far is just the ability. Like I can tell my, like, I don't have to constantly feed, you know what right. I mean? Being a little bit hungry is okay. And it's not the end mm-hmm. of the world. Um, so that all being said, I know that's a much different view than most people have on intermittent fasting. And I, again, I know this is probably one that you talk to a lot of people about. What are your thoughts on kind of the, the popularized version of what intermittent fasting looks like? No, that's a good question. So here's what's interesting. Every reason you validated just now why you intermittent fast had nothing to do with weight loss. Right. Do you notice that? Yeah. Which, which means for you, fasting sounds like a really good fit because you're not doing it because you think it's the miracle diet that's going to finally get rid of love handles. You're doing it because it just works better for your life. It's easier to manage. You can go on autopilot more and it creates more structure and routine to your day. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just lets your brain shut off a little bit more about it. And you physically feel better. Like, and you probably have more time in the day because you're not constantly preparing and cooking food. And (laughs) exactly. You notice, (laughs) you know, you feel better. Everything you just said had nothing to do with weight loss. And then when you did talk about weight loss, you didn't talk about a feeding fasting window. You talked about calories. So to be honest, it really sounds like that is a good fit for you because of a scheduling and routine side of things. Because the thing with fasting is um, there's, it's no doubt there is copious amounts of research to show fasting for health benefits is amazing. There are, there are, there are tons of health benefits for fasting. Now where people go South is when they start getting panic attacks because they came out of their fasted window 30 minutes too early, or they had a breadstick right before they went into their fasting wood, all this stuff. Here's the thing. From a fat loss perspective, it is, it is not advantageous. You still got to be in your calorie deficit to lose fat because you could be, because here's the thing, you could be intermittent fasting in a surplus because that's a thing too, because fasting doesn't have to be about weight loss at all. A lot of people fast for the reasons you just stated that have nothing to do with fat loss. Right. Um, a lot of people will eat. Actually, I know a lot of people who say, Jared, I intermittent fast, but I can't lose weight. I'm like, yeah, Taco Bell's fun because you can smash 4,000 calories in one drive through Like, you know. You can eat too many calories while fasting and store oh, yeah. fat. That's the thing is people, when, when people treat it like it's the miracle, like this is kind of finally going to be it, that's where the issue is. But, for, but combining weight loss with fasting, when it fits your lifestyle, it can help a lot. Like if people notice they like for some reason after, you know, let's say around 10 o'clock at night, you just want to smash cereal and ice cream like it is just not your – like it's just your job. Not that eating late at night stores fat, but if saying you say no after 9 p.m., I don't eat, then that just it, it'd be like if you had a money, if you had a late night Amazon Prime problem where after nine o'clock at night you hopped on Amazon and just started buying shit and you're like, ah, I got to rain in my budget. I'm not allowed <laughs> to get on the Amazon app after nine o'clock because yes. your problem is right there. That's right. different when you're controlling it from a habitual side not from a, this is the magic fix side. And there's a fine line and it's a dichotomy. Oh, yeah. that's, that's a very tight, tight rope to walk. But I think when attacking it from the, from the standpoint you are, because the thing is, the issue is where pe- when people do the, do a trendy diet or a diet that has its name and it's like, this is the magic versus it's like, no, 
is what I'm doing, number one, does it make me happy? Can I be happy while doing it? Because there's a difference between a little bit of discipline and straight suffering because you don't suffer your way to thriving. That doesn't right. work. So if what you're doing, you can be happy while doing it, which it sounds like you can. That's the big box that's checked. And could you do this theoretically for the next 10 years? And chances yeah. are if that is could, like in your case, could you totally easily see and you do this for the next 10 years? I think so. It's hard to say because I'm still so new into the process. Your, but but like, does your life suck so bad right now where you would be like, okay, like, like if I had to say this or keto for the next 10 years? Oh God, no, I would totally do the intermittent fasting any mm -hmm. day of the week. Yeah. Now the thing is you got to be, the one thing you have to be careful with intermittent fasting is um, in some cases, if you have disordered patterns around food, it, it can be like starve to binge, starve to binge, starve to binge. Yes. If, yep. if you're not careful. Um, I know. People I noticed who, that early on for sure. Or like, I know people who like get to be where they're fearful around certain meals. Like, let's say when, like, when do you start eating? When did, when's your feeding window start? 10 a.m. So a lot of people are scared to eat breakfast. Like they're like, ah, I'm going to get out of my, my fat burning zone. And that's where it becomes an issue where when you become to be fearful around eating, yeah. um, you know, like, like for example, uh, I don't necessarily do it for intermittent fasting reasons, but I fast almost every day. Um, I usually don't start eating till 2 PM. Yeah. Not, be, not because I'm intermittent fasting. It's because for me, I enjoy eating the bulk of my calories uh, evening and late at night. I enjoy right. eating the bulk of my calories. I like having a big dinner and then usually eating food at like a, uh, like a snack at like 11 o'clock at night. And I'd like and to leave room in my calorie budget for that. And that's so the really interesting thing about the, like everybody for the most part fasts at least for a little bit during the day because mm -hmm. you're sleeping. A lot right. of people don't eat as soon as they get up. You know what I mean? But some mm -hmm. people like that or whatever. Well, so like, so when, like I, when you talk about it, it's like, just don't eat breakfast or like yeah. have dinner a little bit earlier and then eat breakfast at your normal time. So it, it becomes less of like, Oh my God, I'm intermittent fasting to just changing. It's, it's, it's your schedule for eating. It's, yeah. It's almost, it's almost like if your boss let you pick your own hours. Yes. Yep. And which, which makes life a little bit easier versus being like, like the, the, the sad truth of it is, is because a lot of, of the, of a lot of the misinformation floating around, it's like people are, force feeding themselves breakfast when they're not hungry and they eat every two hours because they think it's advantageous for fat loss. Right. And they're not hungry. So you're literally forcing yourself to eat when you're not hungry because you think it's going to burn fat. That's right. the problem. That's a big problem. But like for me, I'm never hungry in the morning. My day starts with caffeine. So my hunger is curbed and I would much rather spend those calories when I'm hungry, not when I'm full. For sure. No. Yeah. I completely agree. And I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm not a believer in the fact that like I preach it from the, like from the tower and say everyone should fast, but it's more just for me, it's the, the control over my, it's your Harley intake. Davidson. Yeah, for, exactly. Except I would never own a Harley, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, I, I like, I love the fact that I have the ability and I have the discipline to say I'm done eating at this point. And yeah. even if I get hungry, I'm not going to eat because chances are I probably already ate my calories. And on top of that, for me, it's more just having control over my intake because that's been a struggle for my whole life is mm -hmm. like having zero control over like what is going in my mouth. Um, so that's a big reason I like it. But yeah, I think that's a great way. Like that's a great look at intermittent fasting and fasting windows. And it's fun to experiment with it and see if it's going to work for you. And mm -hmm. for me, like I just started it one day. I didn't do any like prep 
or like pre-fast bullshit or whatever. It was just like, well, I guess I'm not going to eat till 10 tomorrow. And it was like five the previous day. You know what I mean? And yeah. it was pretty easy with that type of mindset going into it. But um, I know for a lot of people, that's really hard. So, well, and, you, and, and the thing is, you can baby for those people that are listening that are like considering it now. Um, you can baby step it. Like a lot of people, like the most common mm-hmm. is 16, eight fast yes. for 16 yep. hours, eat for eight. Um, some people do 20 and four fast for 20 hours, eat for four. Now, if someone's listening to this and they're like, holy fuck, I couldn't imagine that. Yeah. Like there's not, the thing is, there's nothing magical about, about 16, eight, 20 and four, whatever, uh, 12 and 12. There's nothing magical about it. If someone's listening to this and they're like, I want to try that, but that sounds scary as fuck. Just mm-hmm. take a step back and like, instead of eating breakfast at nine, eat breakfast at 1030. Exactly. And then, yeah. and then once you go from that, then go from 1030 to uh, just go straight to noon. And like, that, that's the thing is I did a whole podcast on my, my podcast about this, about the stop taking huge jumps. People are like, like they'll hear a, a metric like, Oh, eat one gram of protein per pound of body weight. And they weigh Let's say, let's say they weigh 150 pounds and they're like, I don't know how to eat 150 grams of protein. I eat 40 and that's it. We'll go from 40 to 60 and you're going to make progress. Then go from 60 to 80 and you'll make progress. Right. It's, we got to quit making these giant 180s of our life. If you smoke two packs of cigarettes a day and you want to quit, you're not going to go cold turkey. You're going to go from two packs to one and a half packs. Right. And rock that for a while and then go down to one pack and then go down to one pack minus a few until you get down to where you want to be. It's the same thing with this diet stuff. People are yep. making way too big of one eighties and then they wonder why they can't keep it up. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, real quick. I wanted your opinion on something and we did a whole episode on toxins in uh-huh. food and in uh, personal hygiene products and all that stuff. I think that was episode 52. So if you're interested more in this type of stuff, go back and listen to that one. But we're talking about, I want to know your opinion on like, high quality um, health, I guess, I, I don't want to say healthier, but it is healthier. Some of these high quality items, calories over maybe more uh, what you might consider. I'm going to say toxic calories, although that sounds really negative. So I'm going to say like less um, nutritious food, less nutritious. Yeah. Less nutritious calories over a higher quality, more nutritious product. What are your thoughts on that? Because I don't feel like that's something that gets talked about very often. It's uh, it's not one or the other, right? It's like it, it, it's like, um, all right, Corey, you get to either pick air or food, or I'm sorry, air or water, pick one. It's like you need both, right? They're both massively important. So the thing is, it depends on the goal. It's all contextual. Sure. For example, like it, it, of course, food quality is is massive. In no world am I have I am I ever saying you know only eat calories are all that matters. And now in most cases, more nutritious food is lower calories. So it works, but not in all cases. A lot of people will have a a habit of overeating and they can't lose weight. And they go, I'm going to eat healthy. Then they eat more nutritious food like an asshole. And then they (laughs) are eating chicken, rice, broccoli, and sweet potatoes, like five to 10,000 calories. And then they wonder why they can't lose weight because they eat healthy. Man, that'd be so hard to eat that many calories and rice, broccoli, and chicken (laughs) right but dude i know a lot of people who like who are like following like the keto diet the name of weight loss diets but they can't lose weight because it's a high fat diet because it's it's the highest calorie that there is or the highest calorie macro there is but it's it's you need both it's if if you want to lose weight it's physically impossible to to 
take in more calories than what your body burns and lose weight. Just like right. it would be like you saying, Hey, I'm going to spend more money than what's in my bank account and then save. It's like, no, physics don't let that happen. Like right. one plus one is two. So it's, it's that if you want to lose weight, you've got to be in a calorie deficit. There's no way around it, but people will take that extreme. They're like, Oh, well then it's only calories and food quality doesn't matter. I'm like, no, if you eat your calories from pop tarts and gummy bears, you're going to feel like shit. You're not, you're going to be hungry as fuck yes. and you're going to perform like trash. Yeah. But on the other spectrum, if you say fuck calories and you go nuts on quote unquote healthy food or more nutritious food with zero regard to portion size and calories, you may find yourself eating the quote unquote right foods and not losing any weight. That's why they're both important. It's like, should you have water or air for survival? Like you need both. They're both massively important and they complement each other. So yeah. if, if balancing this, it's, it's, a, it's a dichotomy, right? It's like everything in life has this dichotomy. It's like, you know, another analogy, like, like with parenting, right? So um, if you over, over parenting, your kid is a thing. Now they're living at home till they're 40 because they can't survive without you. Right. But then you have under parenting where they're making their own grilled cheeses at three. Well, where's the right spot? It's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It's the same thing as our cal our, do calories matter every day of the week. Well, is food quality important? Yes. Every day of the week. Is it all one or all the other? No. So where is it? It's somewhere in the middle. It's yeah. the same dichotomy. Yep. It's, it's a shade of gray basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I find that debate really interesting. And like I said, on episode 52, we talked for like an hour about toxic products and how, you know, different toxins get into food and all that. Mm -hmm. But it, again, it's something that people don't really know as much about if you're not in that sure. circle. So super interesting stuff. Um, so real quick, I want to know, we've talked all about it, all these different diets. If you had to explain your guiding principles for nutrition like if you had to do it to somebody who was new to the game mm -hmm. and didn't know any better how would you explain your guiding principles um you mean as in like you know like someone brand new to the game and just like kind of like a one-liner on how to, how they go about this yeah let's do that that sounds good eat when you're hungry stop when you're full and if what you're doing, you cannot do for the next 10 years and be sustainable with it, it's not worth doing. Yeah. Like that, that to be honest, is it like if like eat foods that are more nutritious, obviously, like the majority of your food should come from your whole nutritious real food sources. But there's nothing wrong with enjoying some pizza, ice cream and beer with your boys or girls because we're human. But don't act like it's the last pizza, ice cream, and beer on the planet. So you have to gorge yourself because you came from a massive level of deprivation. And don't do it like every single day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I love that. I, it's, I, I think it's so overcomplicated. And one of the things that drew me to your content, like, shit, way, way back in the day, like, <laughs> uh, it was yeah, like, two, like two years ago, I know. was just how simple it was and how direct and to the point that it was because that's all it needs to be mm -hmm. like people get and it for me it was always like confusing about what i should do or what i shouldn't do and it's just like eat protein and plants stop when you're full like that's what, and if you're gonna you have ice cream don't be an asshole about it like that's right. literally it <laughs> don't eat like an asshole i still i tell people that all the time when they ask me like well because i've you know i've lost a pretty decent amount of weight so people mm -hmm. sometimes ask like what have you done i said well i stay and try to stay in a calorie deficit eat a lot of protein and enjoy foods but not like an asshole <laughs> and everyone knows exactly what it means because everyone 
has gone through periods of their life where they're like, oh, yeah, I ate like seven pieces of cake. (laughs) And those times are going to happen. That's the thing, too. Like, it's going to happen, whether you're like super on the ball, like disciplined. Um, Like I've been listening to the the Jocko podcast. One of the most disciplined guys ever. And he still is like, man, I will crush a mint chocolate chip milkshake. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to do that every okay. day. And exactly. And it's not the end of the world. But just don't do it. Your next meal should be back on the path. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, wh- real quick, I wanted to you, you were doing this thing called the Daily Donut. Oh, yeah. And you lost. It what, is like, National Donut Day, by the way. Right I now. Yes. Happy, <laughs> happy favorite holiday for you in the <laughs> right? world. I'm it's like sure. my Christmas. Yeah. So you did this for, I don't like four or five months, six, six months. And you lost what? 30 pounds. Yes. 30 pounds. So what did that look like? You were, yeah. What did, what did the daily donut look like? So I got so sick and tired of people demonizing certain foods, scared of carbs, scared of their favorite food, mine of which is donuts. Um, and so they cut them out of their life. And then this whole restriction binge cycle happens like that we've been talking about. So I wanted to document and prove to people calories are king and you can still enjoy whatever you want on the daily in moderation to where cravings never become a thing. Because my, here's my philosophy of cravings is cravings never start on a, on a scale of one to 10. They never started at 10. They started at one, but it's like Monday. So you go, oh, no, I'm going to be good. And then like you keep depriving throughout the week. Now you're at like eight out of 10 and you're like, no, tomorrow's my my is my guilt-free day i'm going to have it then and then it's a 15 out of 10 where you like trample little children to get to a donut and then you're like (laughs) i can eat just one and eat all of them like yeah and that's what happens versus if you have if the food isn't special anymore and you can have it any day in moderation it's fine like my calories were like three thousand a day when i started out was my weight loss number Mm because i was like 215 and uh and I, and I was wanting to lose, to, to drop some weight. So I was like 215, my calories were around 3000. So out of 3000 calories, I had a 350 calorie donut every single day. So I just, just like you would budget for, you know, buying something in your day, I would budget it in my calories and I would have one donut or if my calories were allotted for it, I might, there's days I had two or three donuts in my calories <laughs> because I messed up and I didn't plan my day accordingly. So I had a donut every single day within my calories. And over the course of six months, a very reasonable time, I lost about 30 pounds. I got down to 185 at my lowest. You were lean Uh, as shit for a minute there. Yeah. uh, Now that I can walk, I'm getting ready to go back into a fat loss phase because I can walk now because my knee surgery and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, But yeah, and just to prove that like it's totally a thing and it's fine. Like you don't, there's no reason to deprive yourself like that. Yeah, for a while, my thing was, especially when I first started out and I was having more like bingey feelings, like I would want to binge, um, I would eat a Hershey bar every single day. Yeah. And that was awesome. I mean, it was like, man, I can't wait to. But after a while, I stopped doing that because it became just it like special. It wasn't. Yeah, it was, I kind of lost its its look a little bit. But I did that for like a solid month, maybe two and mm-hmm. it was pretty cool for a while. <laughs> Dude, it's my favorite way to help fix people's relationship with food. Like I have clients start with me and they're like, they're scared shitless of a Snickers bar. And I will literally put it in their program. Cause like from a psychology standpoint, it's interesting because your body has a tendency to tell your mind what to think. So when people are scared of like certain foods and they have this, these horrendous relationships, we got to go about healing those. Yeah. So like I have a girl I'm working with right now. I literally tell her part of her program is she goes to the gas station every day and gets whatever she wants, like a Reese cup or a Snickers bar ah. makes it work in her calories. So now she's losing weight while enjoying a Snickers bar every day without guilt. And then all of a sudden something snaps and all of a sudden she's not anxious around food anymore. Cause it right. clicks. 
Yeah, fixing that messed up relationship with food is the biggest part. It's Connor, the foundation, man. Connor says this thing all the time, and I asked her to, yesterday. I was like, "Did you steal this quote from somewhere, or did you like say this quote?" She doesn't really know, so I'm gonna say she said it because you know <laughs> she's awesome. But she said that the best way to give someone an eating disorder is to put them on a diet. Like one of these big name restrictive diets is the best way to give someone an eating disorder. I don't know if I would agree with that. Actually, I, I think I think I think massive levels of, of deprivation do that. So which most diets with a name do that. Right. But I don't think someone going into a fat loss phase will straight cause an eating disorder. You know I, what I mean? And the way I think I when I heard it, that's immediately what I thought is because what she works with people that are extremely restrictive and she's trying to work them out of that. Right. So like they have all these misconceptions about food and like what's bad and what's good and all that. Um, mm. So. That's I, the, that that that's an easy way to give somebody an eating disorder. Yeah. Having like this preconceived list of good and bad foods where they can and can't eat, and then like sugar's the devil. Like that's 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 right. not good. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you that it, it's again it's contextual. Um, but yeah, if you go, I mean, the super restrictive ones are just garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I that's pretty much everything that I wanted to chat about. You, I think you provided some awesome awesome <laughs> insight into this stuff that like i hope everyone listens to this entire thing because there's so much good stuff and i i don't have i'm super appreciative of you doing this so thank you Absolutely, again man. i appreciate you having me on it's always it's always a good time to talk to my boy yeah that's what's <laughs> up so closing statement i want you to tell the world the way the the simple way again to close us out the simple way to go about nutrition. Don't eat like an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. I mean, it's, it's that simple. Um, Where can people find you? So if they have more questions, where can they find you and ask some questions? Uh, Easiest place to find me is uh, either my podcast, the Hamilton trained podcast or my Instagram at real Jared Hamilton is the easiest place to find my stuff. Sweet. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Absolutely, bro. Love you, dude. Love you.